lots of everything. Rise and shine, campers, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today, which is true about actual St. Louis, but is also a reference to Bill Murray's classic film, Groundhog Day. The St. Louis Blues seem to be stuck in an infinite time loop against the Arizona Coyotes, but will the win tonight be finally the ticket they need to marry Andy McDowell and get out of this waking nightmare? We'll talk about it ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is currently, officially, Saturday, February 13th, one day before Valentine's Day. Ian, I woke up this morning at, um, you know what? You know <laughs> what? I'm not going to tell oh, you. No, no, no. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Because as for, well, people won't know this in the future, but you know on your computer that in reality it's currently 11.07 and not 12.07. Oh, but no. that actually ties into everything because I woke up this morning in Jacksonville, Florida at 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time, which is 3.30 a.m. our time, and I drove 13 hours, and I woke up that early just so I could get back here to do the podcast for these leeches that listen in every week, and I'm not referring to our very select human listeners as leeches. I'm just talking about the leeches that live on the skin of the cats that make up the majority <laughs> of our audience. Uh, but You're harming Stephen's health. <laughs> yes. He's not uh, well. I drove, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, I made it and I was very wide awake the whole time and never pulled over and was like, uh, getting caffeine or anything just for safety reasons. So it's all good. I'm back and the blues are back, you know? Mm. Um, were you gone for the other losses? Oh, I was. And I caught most of the mo- other one, most of the most recent one. And maybe so this was your one. fault. This was all your fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I'll take all the blame. Florida, baby, I'm taking all the blame. If we've been playing the Panthers, which we can't this year because of, you know, Gary Bettman's corona shame, uh, you know, I would take even more blame. But listen, the Blues, once again, I feel like we've gotten to a podcast and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you still don't know? What, they're still the same team. I mean, yeah. they won tonight, so that's good. But... Yeah. They're still that team. That team that won four in a row, is that crazy? <laughs> then they lost three in a row. Now they've won a game. Will they lose two more? Will they win the next two? Who's to say? Nobody's to I say. I want to draw conclusions, Stephen, but can we I? No, we okay. may not. Uh, yeah, let's do it at the end, though. So let's start with going <laughs> through these games. There's other cool uh, NHL stories to talk about today. We can talk about Brian Burke and uh, Ron Hextall in Philadelphia. We can mm. talk about Patrick Wine's uh, uproarious start in Columbus, which I've got lots of thoughts on that so one. Sad. Folks, I'm half asleep. Who knows what's going to go down in this episode? I'm sleepwalking right now, and I'm loving it. <laughs> but let's get started with Saturday's game against the Arizona Coyotes, 2 p.m., a strange time for a game and a bad time for the Blues. Uh, Huso was in net. You know, he's he's uh, finished, so he's got that going for him. Craig Berube started 11 forwards and 7 defensemen. Ian, 
Was that a good decision? It did, was. It was a decision. Did that bear fruit for uh, old Craggy Craig Craigerson? Uh, Jacob Chip. Jacob scored the first goal. Uh, you know, two fifty into the game. Not, not a what? Not a, an audacious, or maybe an audacious start. Not an auspicious start. Mm. Uh, Don't try to use blues. your big words. You're too tired. Yeah, You're too I'm, tired. Screwed up. You're right. Small words for the listeners right. uh, and for me. That's right. <laughs> and for my brain. But then Ian Robert Thomas scored his first goal of the season, which was a very on purpose goal mm-hmm. that wasn't a pass attempt. And then after that. <laughs> Nothing bad ever happened to him, isn't that right? It's so true. Do you remember Paul Stasny? Do you remember that guy who was here for four years? Felt like a oh, blink of an eye. If I remember yeah, that yeah. he existed, yes. yeah, or just you know as a person, <laughs> yeah. he did play Super Nintendo in my basement. That's true. That's um, true. Do you remember how he used to just pass it to the back of the uh-huh. net? That's the only way he ever scored was by if we convinced him to pass it to the person <laughs> in the back of the yeah. net. That feels like what they're gonna have to do with Robert Thomas. Yeah, it was you know. It was a goal. He fished it out from behind the net, stole it from Demers, couple whacks at it, went underneath uh, Kemper. It was it's a good goal. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, it was definitely a shot on goal. It wasn't a pass to the center at all mm-hmm. that got deflected. It was fun. <laughs> he was literally trying to pass through the crease, and it's like Robert, if you're gonna do that, just put a shot on that. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass real close to the goal yeah. line. Oh yeah, and then. Uh, he broke his wrist and he's out four to six. That's what you get when you try and pass <laughs> through the crease. You get got. This is it was such a weird injury. Like he just fell and caught himself. And I've actually done that. Like if you if you close your thumb inside of your hand and like land on your hand, it can jam your thumb really yeah. bad. I ha- I ended up being in a cast for that. I don't think it was technically broken, but when I was younger, so. I get it, but it's weird how in hockey it's like like the TJ Oshie when he broke his ankle too, like. Sometimes it's the plays that look really innocent, mm-hmm. where you're, like, really actually injured, and then it's like, you know, Ryan O'Reilly does the splits tonight, or, you know, somebody gets blown up in the corner, and they're just fine, you know, mm. but... Colm Preco has his leg, like, bend the opposite direction, and then oh, no one God. ever talked about it oh. again, and he was just fine. Oh, he wasn't fine. There's no way he was fine. <laughs> I must not believe it. Um... But yeah, I mean, this sucks. Obviously, broken thumb, four to six week timetable. You hope it's four, mm-hmm. and then we're already one down. So, you know, great. And probably maybe we get COVID for another week in there, and then it's just three weeks. Speaking of which, we're the only team apparently that has not put anyone on the COVID list yet. We're the Woo! only team. So, yeah! obviously, we'll be doing that very yeah, soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're screwed. We fucked. We fucked. Uh, no, wouldn't it be? I mean, go, kudos to us, I guess. Yeah. We put it, people, a lot of people on the injured list, but nobody on yeah. COVID list. <laughs> yeah, you can't get COVID when you're at home injured. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I mean, this sucks. He had not been having an auspicious start to his season as it was anyway to begin with. And now this, um, I don't think we're at like, oh, it's a lost season sort of thing yet. He could come back in four weeks and still have like three months of hockey ahead of him. Um, but definitely not fun. Not great. No. The only thing I thought was a positive out of this, the only positive, was that if he's out for this long, he's not He's not uh, raking up points. His stats aren't crazy good. And then, you know, maybe the contract you're offering him this summer doesn't have to be as high. You know That's what I'm right. saying? That's the positive, for sure. The other positive, honestly, I mean, he'd been having a rough start, so maybe it's just like a clean slate, you know? You come back from injury, mm. and you just 
Wipe it all away. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how injuries work. Clayton Keller's parentage is from St. Louis, but he wiped that all away by scoring the game-winning goal in this one. Uh, you know, he's he's proudly from Chesterfield. The only person oh, yeah. on earth who can say that is Clayton Keller, but here we are. Uh, Phil Kessel and, unless it's Matthew Kessel, our draft pick, or Amanda Kessel, but I'm assuming Phil <laughs> Kessel and whatever Sterly. Uh, I don't know his first name. I couldn't be bothered. Jordan, maybe. That was pretty close. Uh, <laughs> That's probably a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> as good a guess as any. Uh, nice nice uh, goal by uh, Keller on the power play. Any thoughts on uh, old uh, Keller's old goal? It's Jordan Osterley. What are the odds? Very good. Um, 28 years old, that guy. Clayton Keller, the best, the best player out of... Out of St. Louis from that draft, right? Out of that five St. Louis well, kid draft. Well, Chuck wasn't that year. Matthew. I don't know. I don't think he was. Okay, because obviously it'd be Matthew if he wasn't yeah. that year. But yeah, I mean, if this is not... A non-Kachuk, we'll say, at very least. Yeah, probably, because who was it? Coonan, Brown? Mm-hmm. Was it Goalie, I think, maybe? I yeah, the one, that in, that the one in Toronto, right? Isn't that the Wolf? one in Toronto? Yeah, Just Wolf. One, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's kind of up and down, a little disappointing for the contract they gave him, but still, I think there's still plenty of a good player there, and he just has to kind of put it all together and maybe not play for the Coyotes so much. That yeah. doesn't seem to be great for anyone's career. I mean, it was a great individual effort on the goal. Like, it's a power yeah. play goal, but it's all him. He just skates with a lot of speed and forehand, backhand on Huso, and uh, it's, it's a goal that you would like. I guess you'd like to see who so have, or really anyone have. Quite honestly, it just skates by so many people. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to the team sucking. Yeah, team wasn't great in this one. Jaden Schwartz gets called for interference with two minutes left in the game. How do you feel about this one? Not great. I didn't feel very good about it, and Darren Pang Ooh, hated he it. Upset. He was livid. This was was this the game where all the calls were all bad? It was right. I mean, they were pretty shitty, yeah. but. And that was one was like, like repeatedly calls, and then Pang was already upset, and then this last one, and he just kind of lost it. It was just lots of calls on, you know, is that a grab? I guess maybe is this kind of a stick in the midsection? I guess, and it was sort of like they'll call it if it's if they think it happened. If it's a question of did that happen, it did, and they're calling it. Yeah, well, we talked about it before, and I'm I'm I don't know. I get where people are coming from when they're like, that's not a slash, but it's like. Maybe, but if the blade of your stick goes across somebody's calf, like, it's there. It's not imaginary, you know? But yeah, like, they saw something. This is, like, on another level uh, that felt like, man, that's really just a bad call. Well, you know? it's just in a one-goal game, um, two minutes left, and you're going to make, like, that's, there's no way you looked at that yeah. and thought that for sure happened. It's probably just like, a, eh, and then and they decided to call it. It seems, seems a little rough. Um but I gotta say, I wouldn't be so angry about these ticky tack calls if it weren't for the fact that our special teams are terrible. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's what like... are you gonna do on the penalty kill with two minutes left and you've got to pull the goalie? You know, that's not an enviable situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Ch- 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 Jacob scores his second goal of the game uh, on the I assume empty net on the power play, right? I guess Maybe yeah, we must not. have pulled a guy. I don't, I don't know. know, but. Um, we had pulled, pulled Bennington at some point. In any case, um, 
Huso. You gotta give Huso or this loss. Huso, excuse me. Give him, let him hang with the L. Uh, well, in any case, he scored with like 24 seconds left and it was over. And another game that I, the Blues aren't the necessarily the worst team on paper. I mean, they weren't good, but the Coyotes had seven power plays and scored on two of them, and we had four and scored on none of them. And that's really kind of the story for this team <laughs> like, right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Is it oversimplifying a bit? Sure. But entering tonight's game in this series, I think the Blues were 1-17 and on the power play, and the Coyotes were 5-15. and And all of these games have been close enough that that's like probably the balance of power. Mm-hmm. you know in the whole series so i don't want to when you were mentioning out when we were watching the game like when you're like bottom five in both power play and penalty kill pretty hard to pretty hard to not make that the central issue of what's wrong with your team you know so yeah it's just like i don't know um their five on five has been really good or at least been league average so when you take seven penalties, whether or not you call them ticky-tacky or undeserved or whatever, you have to find a way to kill those off slash take less of them. I get it's a lot to ask for your penalty kill to be so good that you go seven for seven on the PK, but also it's just, I got to say that they wouldn't have called as many ticky-tack calls if the Blues weren't quite as undisciplined as they have been over the course of this entire season. So at some point you just have to rest these wins and losses on special teams and being undisciplined. That's the way that it is. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's the discipline that worries me more than the power play is as silly as that may seem with as bad as the power play has looked. But I'm willing to give Krug and Hoffman a little time to gel, even though it's already been, you know, a month or whatever. I don't know. Time is irrelevant. But, (laughs) you know, like I'm willing to say, okay, the power play, it'll get there. I'm not as worried about it but the the discipline is the thing where it's just like just stop just why aren't you just not being yeah. undisciplined and we're still given like three or four penalties a game on average and it just feels like well no wonder the power play can't keep or the penalty kill can't keep up you know so uh with thomas out of the lineup this is a game that you probably should uh, run through for us since i missed it i think entirely <laughs> wasn't was this the one i missed no, wait, I saw this one. I saw this one. I didn't miss any of them. I'm a great fan. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how many one games fan. we have, but I didn't miss them. Uh, Barbashev moves up to the top line with O'Reilly and Perron, uh, which is something we saw carry over to parts of tonight's game as well. Schwartzschen and Kairou remained a unit, and what a unit they have. Uh, I mean, are Sanford, Sunquist, and Hoffman, and then Clifford, Delarose, and McEachran. I think your dream team right there. Probably give them about 18 minutes a night, and you're all set. Yeah. Um, and then Bortuzzo is back at some point in this series as well. Who, who can be bothered to know when? Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> scores a goal. Perron and Falk assisting on the power play. Hey, it's all fixed. That's what it always feels like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connor Garland, who apparently is a golden god, uh, then scores in the second period to equalize. But David Perron scores an absolute beauty. A ridiculous goal where he's, you know, zigging and zagging and tucking around the goalie and all that and scoring real fast. Oh, yeah, fast. that was really nice. He's... he's, he's a, it's so hard to categorize David Perron. It feels like... 
we're sleeping on a guy who's probably going to like play three or four more years here and just kind of retire as a franchise great, you know? Mm-hmm. And like just by d- dint of the lack of real talent in the history of this franchise, uh, if nothing else, but uh, just kind of, man, I just love him. You know, there's nothing not to like. Already five goals this season. Uh, but Christian Dvorak has seven, or had seven after he scored here, equalizing again, and once again, it's a power boy goal. So, once again, the penalty kill fails us. Ryan O'Reilly, though, hey, another goal. What a captain. And it's 3-2, to and that looks like how it's going to uh, end until uh, what happens. Ian, you want to talk us through this? Yeah, uh, no. Um, I mean, I can if you want. No, to. I mean, Jaden Schwartz has like a terrible, a lapse of judgment, really. Yeah, for all of the uh, unfairness of his penalty at the end of the last game. This yeah, it was pretty flip flop. Flip flop. It all evened out, yeah. you know, balance in all things, as Thanos says. <laughs> Papa Thanos. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those plays where you can't have your stick that high. I get you're a short guy, buddy, but you can't have it just going up no. willy nilly. Um, it's with a minute 30 left. It's, you know, it's one of those things too, where is it, a, what, how about a ticky tack call or whatever, like the one prior, or it's something where you're diving to stop somebody and you happen to trip them, but Hey, at least it wasn't a breakaway. All those, all those okay penalties. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, that's terrible. It's just a terrible penalty to take. Um, you're a vet. It's late in the game, a game that you're up in. Um, I don't know what else to say. It was just real. It was really frustrating. I think this game frustrated me more than the first game. The first game I thought we played well, but it was just too many penalties. Mm-hmm. And this game I thought was just like, we just, I don't know, every time something turned around, it turned right back on us and it felt like we never had any momentum. And yeah, there you and go. You could feel it coming, like you're standing on the train tracks as the 510 from Muskegon enters the valley. Uh, I don't know. It yeah. just felt like it, with... With 19.56 left, or like elapsed, with four seconds left, I was like, yeah, I just think they're going to tie Like, You know, it's just like, I just felt it. They scored a late goal on us earlier in this yeah, quote-unquote series, I think so. right? Obviously not this late, but... And I want to say they did the same thing to us at least once yeah. last year. I feel like this happens yeah. to us a lot with the Coyotes. They score very late to either take the lead or tie it, and it's just... That the sucks coy- all the momentum out the of the Blues. I think the are the perfect foil for this Blues team in, in a way, though, because they're not truly bad. They're not so bad that, like, a half-ass effort will shut yeah, them you're out. Yeah, you're not out of West Senators, you're not a Detroit Red Wings. And they're hungry enough that even if they're not as good as us, if we slack off at all, which we almost always do at least some, <laughs> yeah. then they can take advantage of it. Whereas, you know, we play up, if we're playing the... Golden Knights or the Avalanche or whatever. I I honestly I honestly believe one of the biggest problems with our season so far is that we haven't gotten to play those games against those teams as much mm-hmm. because those are the games we play up for and look good in, you know. But mm-hmm. we've been playing kind of B level competition and uh, Clayton Keller scores it uh, within the final second. Dvorak and Chikrin. Uh, Chitrin? I really genuinely don't know. Choo-choo. The choo-choo man. Okay, choo-choo boy. Um, (laughs) Score, Clayton Keller gets the goal. Uh, Overtime's really boring, but then the Coyotes win it in a shootout after Perron's initial goal, Garland and Dvorak once again scoring. And the Blues, despite out shooting the Coyotes 43-26, despite having... um, 
well, less of expected goals at even strength. Uh, so, you know, they weren't... Again, it's like they got more shots, but were they playing better? Not necessarily. They get outworked at the end of the game. The Coyotes tie it. You lose one point. Um, you could have claimed that point back in overtime or in the shootout. You didn't. And that's it. That's the thing, too, where it's like we we both have uh, Blues and Coyotes. Both have four power play chances. We have we you know take advantage of one. Great, that's good for us. We have a really shitty power play. I'll take any. Uh-huh. Um, but then our PK drops it and lets them score two, and yeah. it's just uh, you just it never one works and the other doesn't, or they both don't work. We can never get them both working at the same time. It feels like um, it's just disappointing to see because I think personally I uh, took for granted just like how good our PK was mm-hmm. over. I mean. Pretty much from last year all the way through like all of Hitch's years, it was yeah. just always like top ten. It was like, yeah, we can we'll kill a penalty and no big deal, sort yeah. of thing. Yep. And now it's like, wow, this is a struggle, isn't it? Yeah, uh, this one really hurt. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was in a hotel room staying up late in on the East Coast. I don't know, but I, this one was like, I was pissed at the end of this one, real uh, pissed. I suppose at um, least in the last one, we never led. But we felt like we were winning, even yeah. though we never we never were. But this one we actually let in, and it felt like, just hold on, just hold on for the win. Hold on so we don't lose three in a row. You know, get that shitty get that shitty W. And I don't care how, you know, how crappy it looks. I just want the W. And they're like, ah, we can't even do that. And I was mm. like, oh, they're finding new ways to lose. I'll give the Blues credit. They always find new, new ways to lose, you know? Yeah, they sure do. Um, and then, you know, Tuesday and Thursday our games were... Postponed, obviously, with the Wild being apparently eternally and stuck in a COVID loop. Balance in all things. We will never get COVID, and the Wild will never not have COVID. <laughs> um, that feels right for the Wild. Yeah, Poor Wild. That's true. Good. They finally, they finally have something to be even marginally excited about, and God shuts yeah, down remember, remember, Imagine, like, uh, their new Russian boy is, like, just, like, stricken with COVID oh, all yeah. year. I'd be like, oh, oh yeah. I that feels very. That. that feels very wild. So I during tonight's game. It felt like one of those that, like, be honest. Here's what it felt like, and this is a preview of our thoughts on tomorrow's game. Feels like the game the Blues have to win, so mm. that when they get drubbed tomorrow, mm. it, it's like less of a panic somehow. You know. Yeah. Like it should still be a panic, but they're like, well, but they won yesterday, four to one. It was a big win. Well, not acknowledging that two of those goals were empty netters. Um nevertheless when they did justin falk with the early power play goal i don't even remember this one to be perfectly honest oh it was, it was so early yeah. um it was a clean goal i don't know if it went off it might have gone off one of the uh, coyotes players but it was just a, a slapper from the point i i like that he's shooting he's doing the things we always wanted colton pareko to do he's like petrangelo and pareko rolled up into one he's better than both yeah he's like better than both of them combined yeah i would say for sure he's speaking of petrangelo real quick did you see the golden knights had to wear those atrocities of those helmets those golden helmets Ooh, baby give me like a matte gold perhaps but not like a shiny chrome gold yeah yep not for me uh, Johan Larson, who apparently exists, scored in the second <laughs> to even the scoring here. This one, 
Um, oh, it looks like he was a former Buffalo Sabre. Yeah, it does. That was That's nice. why we've never heard That's of him. exactly why. I am not remembering this game that we just watched. How's this one going? This one was the weird bouncer on, uh, like, rolled in off uh, Bennington, right? Yeah. No, that oh, no, one was that the one that got called back. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then I don't remember this one at all. That's that's a make believe goal to me. It didn't happen. Uh, so we really won this game four to nothing. Yeah, yeah. I uh, this one either. But yeah, as we alluded to, they scored a, a I would say, a pretty soft goal on Bennington uh, a little later in the second period, but immediately got challenged by the Blues in one of the queerest and quickest offside challenges that you'll ever see, and a completely incoherent referee from uh, French Canada, from Quebec. Well, this uh, one did squeak in on him, though, too. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so a couple of squeakers, but yeah. otherwise great. You know, you allow one goal on 25 shots and another goal that didn't count on a shot that didn't exist, <laughs> you're fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, that offsides, it was offsides. That that's when that's when the way they're supposed to work. Yeah, that was pretty clearly um, offsides. And then uh, you know, third period, the Blues, I, I would say playing fine, but not necessarily looking like a substantially better team. Jordan Cairo, man, Jordan Cairo and Justin Falk, this entire freaking team this year. Uh, I, I've been a little worried about Cairo because he'd been kind of quiet in this series, um, but uh, you know, speeds down the ice to beat out an icing. Uh, comes back towards the blue line, just breaks somebody's ankle by doing a 180 twist that Thomas would try to do but can't do quite as quickly and wouldn't lose his man and then would lose the puck. <laughs> I love you, Robert. Get well soon, but stop doing that. But uh, He and was then... doing that because he had a broken thumb, <laughs> Steve. Did you know that? All <laughs> season he had it. <laughs> uh, and then Kairou with the, uh, just a, a smooth backhanded Falk who is skating in and push, puts it off the far post and in. Very beautiful goal. Feel feel goods all day. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson gets an assist for some reason. Uh, because I Carl. guess because he was the guy that iced it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be how Carl Gunnarsson would get a point. Ah, uh, got one. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, with the goalie pulled um, late, the Blues scored, uh, Ivan Barbashev scored, and Braden Shin scored. So, and Falk even got an assist on the Ivan Barbashev goal. So three-point night for him. Um, Hot damn. And that's your game. It's a 4-1 win. I don't... I, I feel like we ran through those fairly quick, but I don't know how much analysis they it's, it's harder to analyze these games when it's honestly when it's the same opponent yeah. over and over yeah. and over and um, over and over again. The Blues outshot the Coyotes by a bit. Uh, didn't win the hit battle, but, you know, did win the high danger chances got the expected goals advantage so you know better overall i think this was their best game yeah one of the ones that one for two on the power play talking about three for three on the pk see yeah. when they both work you win that's crazy how that works but yeah i mean i what can we say confidently about the boys oh oscar sunquist is dead yeah we can say that Veruvi said he doesn't think it's serious i just read oh, okay. so that's good news oh is he a doctor steven <laughs> yeah i looked Kramer. i looked him in the eye he said his name's oscar and i said you got it buddy you're good to go tomorrow you've heard of doogie hazard md now here of Veruvi hazard oh MD. yeah yeah uh but um yeah i mean obviously who knows it could be a week could be whatever, but hopefully not mega serious. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko did come out with the team to skate. Still supposed to be a ways away, but always good to see 
get him with the team, get him, you know, being a comrade. Not that kind of comrade. <laughs> We're not. It's not a communism joke. Communism's folks. over. That's right. It's we won. Done. That's right. The Cold War is over, folks. Stop playing. I, I don't know Cold War songs. Stop playing Creedence Clearwater Revival, folks. It's over. <laughs> Vietnam is over, <laughs> except for those who served it never. It's never <laughs> like, I, I still suffer with a lot of guilt. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, uh, the, yeah, I mean, I think this was the best game. Uh, and I also think that we stopped once again. And I feel like we say this every podcast because we literally have. It's like, okay, but I really need the next game to tell me how to feel about this game, you know? Which I guess is the reality of a season and especially a compressed season like this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You have any big takeaways from any of this or any other Blues thoughts? Oh, we didn't mention Scott Farunovich also got shoulder surgery mm-hmm. um, or is getting shoulder surgery and is out for the year. I don't know. I mean, it sucks, obviously. I didn't expect him to, like, receive regular NHL minutes at any point, and they apparently weren't going to send him to Utica either, so um, here we are. <laughs> but, yeah, for the season that was to be this year, uh, I think this is the best season you could possibly get yeah. surgeries in, because it's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> just, just whatever. Uh, I bet that's what you say when you get injured these yeah, days. Whatever, ah, fucking whatever. Who cares? I'm over it. That's my thought. Um, no, I think the. Uh, I'm glad they got this win because yeah. I think three. I guess it would have been three losses in a row as of last podcast, but four losses in a row as of reality. Um, <laughs> just would have been real shitty. Like yeah. I know they won four and then they lost four, and you know what that is, folks. I mean, they won four. They lost three and now they won this one uh that's a 500 team but the and the problem i have too is uh, what am i supposed to draw from you playing the coyotes over and over again right i guess i guess i could say hey uh what we talked about earlier with uh, how we're playing these little mini series with the season maybe you see how the how your coaches adjust to things and blah 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 um I don't know if I've seen a lot of adjustment from Barubi. Like, the adjustments he's made has almost been just because of the injuries we've sustained and not so much, like, um, different tactics, at least from what I can see, other than maybe that 11-7 sort of mix. But it doesn't look like we are winning the coaching battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also he would defer. We've seen a lot in the media recently that a lot of his answers to questions about why the blues aren't playing up to par is kind of him just going i don't know ask the players which i think is fair but i do kind of it's fair to a point it worries me a little (laughs) bit when that's what you trot out immediately and that's just what you fall back on every time i get Mm -hmm. craig ruby not going to be a giant tactician you know i'm just guessing i don't think he's an x's and o's guy that's probably what montgomery or van ryan are you know Probably not Steve Vott, let's be honest. But he, but number one face-off guy in the league, so you know what? Maybe he is an X's and O's guy. Maybe Steve Vott really is the brains behind this operation. But I think that's the only thing you could really draw was like, hey, how do how does coaching evolve in this series? And I guess we won this one, so maybe it's maybe he's doing better. Um, other than that, I think it's just we match up poorly against the Coyotes. I think you put it really well. If we are a good we're a very good team they're a all right team but much better than a, the worst of the worst you mm-hmm. know mid-tier at best 
but they have enough dangerous options on that team that if you sleep on them they'll bite you and we sleep on them over and over again and they bite us over yeah, and over I mean, again i think that's what frustrates me really and i'm not letting Bruby off the hook but it's like this team has owned our asses for two years now mm. it's not even just this year they kicked our ass routinely last year and it's like when are you gonna wake up and respect yourselves? This is a five hundred team that you keep losing to, mm-hmm. and my only conclusion that we can reasonably draw, like you just alluded to, is that we're a five hundred team. <laughs> and I'm not saying we are actually, and I do think we play up to better competition, mm-hmm. but at some point that stops being cute, you know. Like at some point, I I kind of we, I wanted to talk about this maybe even last week, but like we lost, we got beat. We got stomped by the Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. last season. I realize they lost Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev, who are both important pieces. But that team is a dumpster fire this year. An absolute dumpster fire. And I don't know how you don't look at that a little bit and say, so what are we? <laughs> you know, like, I don't, we let them get to the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, granted, they competed with the Golden Knights there, too. So it's not, I'm not trying to say apples and oranges here, but, like, there's still some part of me that's like, man, I don't don't know if the Blues have the emotional make. I think they had the players. I don't think they're bad Mm talent-wise. But, like, I, I... I don't know. Or they do they need a shot in the arm? Do they need a, a wake up call trade or like something to? I know we're saying all this after a win, and I'm not trying to be too negative, but it's just like I don't. I am sympathetic to Baruby to the point that like I don't know how you can make people give more of a crap. Yeah, you know? yeah like yeah. Baruby can yell until he's blue in the face if the players aren't doing it. Might as well save his voice, you know. <laughs> like, gotta, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Yo, you get a have Mike Yo tramble onto the ice and throw sticks and cuss his players out, and they're My still going to suck. Should be in question. <laughs> right. So it's just like if I had a soundboard, that'd be the first oh, button I program. A hundred percent. We need to get a soundboard for this podcast. Anyone that wants to teach us how to make a soundboard for this podcast, please. Yeah. we're we're all ears. Um. But yeah, I I just want to play a different team. Like that's the thing is if we win the next two, I'll be happy and I'll say, Hey, you know what? They figured out the coyotes. They, they managed to to outcoach Rick Tockett. Wow. What a, what a, you know, pat on the back, but it's like, okay, great. Fantastic. I will still be left with like, yeah. Can you beat anyone else? Which they can. I just haven't, I just don't know. Cause it's been, who do we play before this? The ducks? Was that in 2017? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, we haven't even played, what, the Wild? Is that the only team we have yet to play? I think that's it. We played the Sharks and the Ducks and the Kings and the Avs and the Knights. Yeah, I guess so. So whatever. But it's just like, I want any other team. And that's the thing, too, with this season. I think I'm going to hit is like, if we, every time we play, I guess a Wild, because they're good. They're kind of good now. Uh-huh. Um, but definitely the Avalanche, Vegas, um, I guess maybe San Jose. These are the teams I want to see us play to see if we're any good. And every time we play in Arizona or we play in L.A. or in Anaheim, I'm just going to be like, you have to win this. 
And even if you do win it, I'll just be happy you won, but it doesn't tell me anything. I haven't learned anything. And I know that might be true every season, but at least there's way more teams and a variety of them. Now yeah. I'm just kind of like, here's the teams you must beat. Here's the teams you must beat for me to know anything about <laughs> you. Um, and it just sucks that we constantly play Arizona. I, positive, a positive about Arizona. I love their, uh, I love that they're doing the Kachina jerseys at home, oh, like yeah. permanently. Oh yeah. And then we get to see uh, their Ugo reverse jerseys. They're uggo, but great reverse jerseys. Um, what Sunday, tomorrow, Monday, I tomorrow? Think, yeah. Oh shit! They're gonna make people on Saturday their day off. Look at those! <laughs> oh baby, your eyes are gonna be at work. Oh yes. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really don't feel like I have a lot more to say about the boys on ice right now. Um, you know, Scandella. Who who else was hurt today? Scandella was out, and Blade was out. Blay is just, mm -hmm. I'm sure he just threw his body at something and broke himself. I like Sammy Blay. Can we trade him now? <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, we don't have to trade him. Yeah. I, it doesn't like ruining this team, but I'm like, is this guy going to be a joke at this point? Here forever and just like shatter? Yeah, he's going to be Magnus Pay everywhere. Like yes, four that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, Why and how? You're 32. But in training camp, he looked amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. He actually finally scored on a wraparound, and you were like, well, we gotta keep him now. <laughs> He's um, got a hot hand. What all happened in hockey this week? Uh, let's start with John Tortorella. I have said a lot <laughs> recently that John Tortorella is the best head coach in hockey, and I retract all of it. This guy's a moron. I, mm, I'm so confused by this story. So Pierre Luc Dubois wants out of Columbus. Yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois completely quits on a shift and looks like a horse's ass. And John Tortorella sets him. I am with John Tortorella on that. He literally gave up on the play. Fuck that guy. Pardon my French. I'm too tired to censor myself. You know? Right? Yeah. Whatever. We, is there breaking No, news? no. Just about oh, you okay. cursing. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, so, and then they trade him immediately. I get it. First of all, it worked for both teams, but didn't both teams realize that neither of those players they were trading wanted to be in Winnipeg or Columbus, respectively, more than they wanted to be where they already were? You know, so you're not, like, getting a happy player, I don't think, in this trade. But Line A comes, he gets to hang out with the Finnish general manager, the only Finnish general manager, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing. If you trade for Patrick Line A, you know, you've got to know what you're trading for. I'm sorry. There are five guys in this league, maybe seven, that have real, honest to God, more than 40 goal potential, but where like 40 goal is the threshold for a normal season for them, mm -hmm. you know, and 50 plus goal is potential. I'm, you're looking at obviously Alex Ovechkin. Austin Matthews, probably number two in that. Uh, David Pasternak, maybe. The two guys in Edmonton. And Patrick Laine. I don't, is there anybody else? I, I'm sure there's somebody I'm not thinking of. But that's about it, right? Mm -hmm. And Laine, to me, has the chance to be the best of those pure scorers outside of Ovechkin himself. It doesn't bring as much to the game as anyone else that I just named, admittedly. But 
I don't care. He if if this dude can score fifty goals for you in a season, it does not matter what else he does. And I know there are some people listening. Maybe they don't listen. Maybe they just exist on Twitter, who think, uh, no, everybody's got to play a two hundred foot game. No, they don't. I gotta ba- <laughs> I gotta break it to some older Blues fans. Brett Hall did not play a two hundred foot game. You know you can. You can have your halcyon daydreams about how good Brett Hall was and how he's, you know, the best blue of all time. And he was, but that's because he scored goals, not because he back-checked real hard, you know? Um, and for the record, Bernie Federico is the best, but Brett Hall's the most famous. Whatever. My point is, truly elite goal scorers are rarer in the league now than they've ever been. If you trade... For, if you trade for Patrick Wine, you know what you're getting. He apparently, I don't know, now the story is he disrespected a coach or something. <laughs> I'm assuming the coach was John Tortorella. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe he mouthed off to Bradshaw. I don't know. But he got benched do for an entire game. On like his first or second game in Columbus. And then the rumor became that maybe John Tortorella wanted out of Columbus. And that he was lashing out. To get these people benched, to or to bench these people to get himself out of there. Yeah, yeah, it's a John Torella might want out of Columbus himself, which could be why he benched Patrick Liney last night for the entire third period from uh, from Stu Cowan, who was uh, I think he's quoting or he's talking about Aaron Portsline who covers Columbus Blue Jackets. But yeah, uh, I guess I could see that because he's done crazy shit. John Torella yeah. would do something bonkers like that, just be like whatever, get me out of here. I guess if he can force them to fire him, then he gets his money. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. What a child. I mean, that's just an ass. I thought, I honestly thought, I and I've said it, I'll own it, that I've said that I think he's one of the best coaches in the league, and I think he has the potential to be. He does keep dragging mediocre teams to, like, mm-hmm. playoff finishes over and over and over again. Um, but I really thought he'd matured, and... Uh, you know, granted, he doesn't blow up at the press as much as he once did. But not trying to fight opponents in the locker room. Yeah, if he's playing this kind of game, then he hasn't really matured at all. Patrick Wine is the future of this team. You have, you have placed your future in this man. Why would you start off on a bad foot? Mm-hmm. The future, unless you're flipping him, he is the future of your team. You know, which maybe they do. Maybe they think, listen, we are effed with Dubois because he's like publicly mm. demanding out. We can bring in Line A. We can shop him until we get something we really like and let go of him. But at least we aren't have our backs against the wall. Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. It does feel like a Jeff but, Carter situation where he's yeah, going to be there for most of the season and then he's going to be totally gone. Probably could be. And that'd be fine. It would make more sense. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that's frustrating to me. I, I really like Patrick Wine. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But I just think, like, he's going to be special if he can find a team that's going to, like, let him be him rather than try to force a square peg into a round hole. Do you like his Fortnite skills? Of course. That's the his, most important his elite thing. skills. Yeah. Do kids say elite anymore? I'm sure they do. Did anyone ever <laughs> say that or no, was it just always typed? No okay, fuck. Um, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have a new general manager 
and a new director, Hoppy Opera. Hoppy Operations. Uh, <laughs> um, the general manager is old rival uh, Chuck Schumer. That's not his name. <laughs> Good old Chuck Schumer running, <laughs> running the Pittsburgh running Penguins. The majority leader to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's a lifelong dream. I can see his face. Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall, general manager, director of hockey operations. I thought you were going to say, I see his face. Chuck Schumer, that is. Bra- director of hockey operations, Brian Burke. Uh, yeah. Stepping out of Sportsnet. Wow. They really, they thought, you know what? They they thought, this. Uh, here's the bravery of Pittsburgh. Here's the bravery of Pittsburgh. I, I really do want to credit them for this. Every team in this league thinks... We have a GM opening. We need to find an old white dude who's had plenty of opportunities to get this right before and failed. Uh-huh. And Pittsburgh thought, no, no, no. <laughs> we need to find tools, white dudes, who have had plenty of opportunities to get this right before and have failed. And they did it. They, they got their man. The other finalist for the hockey operations job was apparently Kevin Weeks, which is so depressing to me. Just because, like, I don't know, it's I don't have really have a dog in this fight, but the idea of like, uh, you know, black former goalie, which is two, two things that <laughs> the NHL doesn't allow in its front offices. Ron Hextall, uh, notwithstanding, being a top guy in a major front office, was just like, yeah, maybe the league could advance a little bit. Nah, screw it. I said next time. With we'll get you next with time. With that said, I love Brian Burke. You hear his interviews on 31 Thoughts or anything like that. Seems like a really likable guy as much as he's got that grumpy demeanor and public I, persona. I like his barely tied ties, if ever tied. Yeah, oh, not tied yeah, at yeah. all. Um, so, you know, I don't... They're, they're, they need help. They needed that. Well, look, they're being pretty honest about they're looking at this season and then they're going to discuss everything in the off season, and everything could involve trading Sidney Crosby. Trade Sidney Crosby. Do, do it. it. Don't. If you're Pittsburgh, don't do that. Yeah. Like, that's... The more I think about it, I'm like, that's stupid. That's fucking stupid. But do do it because I want that to happen. I would love to see that happen. Trade Gino. You think about how they could have won the draft lottery last year? Um, that yeah. would have been the whole season. The whole team would have been turned around, but oh baby, yeah, I I feel for the Pittsburgh because they have con. I mean, I get that they just won back to back cups in sixteen seventeen, but that was also five and four and five years ago, and they they've just been mismanaged to hell. Uh, yeah, if you can trade Gino and or Latang before you trade Crosby, of course you've got to do that. Was that what I heard was like that um, Jim Rutherford was like trying to trade Latang, and that's yeah. when they were like, okay, you, <laughs> you've got you go I guess they're like, you got to leave. And he said, yeah, I will on my own terms. Yeah. I quit. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's not a pretty picture. They're very stuck against the cap. The cap's not expanding. They've got Cody Cece for some reason because they just had to fill that Jack Johnson void of true suckitude um who will suck jack uh not jack johnson uh forget what i was gonna say oh crosby and malkin Latang getting older matt murray's yeah. gone but suddenly tristan jari's real bad i mean real bad 
What a surprise. Um, but also, but for the record, also Matt Murray. Yeah, I mean, so. they shouldn't have kept him either. Um, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, that's just a, a hell of a situation for them. They don't, they've got a, they have a really weak pipeline too, yeah? Oh yeah, terrible, terrible. Yeah, like, and also, on top of that, no draft picks, so. I mean, so if you want to jumpstart anything, you got to trade one of your big guys. Yeah, I mean, but if you don't want to, that's cool. Just be honest with the fans and be like, hey, we're going to go through some lean years. And the problem with Pittsburgh in lean years is that there's been a couple of times where they said, we're moving you, and yeah. then they've just barely held on. The Pittsburgh Penguins we all know and love uh, have had, like, that that ownership group, I don't know if that ownership group, but previous ownership groups and things like that mm-hmm. will turn on that team oh, yeah. fast. Very quickly. Uh, they have a second and a fifth next year and three sevens, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for what? For like for for uh, Zucker? The first was for probably Zucker. Uh, yep, that was for the Zucker trade. Oh, that was already not. And the third great. was for uh, where the hell? Um, for one oh, of the Patrick se- Marlowe. Let me say for one of the seven. They gave up a third to get Patrick Marlowe. That's yikes. Yeah, I mean. They have to. They basically have to make a decision between: Are they going to try and trade Crosby and Malkin now, which isn't going to be easy to accomplish, and I don't think they're going to get King's ransoms in return for those guys with those contracts in this cap environment. Maybe for Crosby. Maybe you just can't trade Crosby unless you get a massive return. But um, you got to decide between: Are you going to trade those guys? And really jumpstart a rebuild, or are you going to ride the legacy train and just have a miserable Detroit Red Wings-esque rebuild afterwards? Because you're not, there's no in-between right now, you know? So, uh, I don't envy them. I think I do, with jokes aside, I mean, I think that's an interesting pairing of guys. Hextall is a great draft and develop guy, so I think that's smart, and maybe I think Burke... Burke gives them kind of the gravitas, if you will, to go out there and make moves like trading Sidney Crosby if they ultimately have to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but Brian uh, Burke would do that bullshit. Yeah, oh, for sure. And then he'd draft two fucking twins <laughs> to replace them. Uh, Got him again. <laughs> uh, Brian Burke on the case. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that would be interesting to watch. That's a, a weird team. Very interesting. I mean, they fell hard. They fell off the wagon hard. Uh, and, yeah, that's uh, that's them. Other NHL stories we need to talk about? I wanted to um, look at the standings because because I haven't at all. And also, oh, yeah. no the idea. only ones that matter are the like Canadian one uh-huh. right now because everyone still plays. So in the Scotia North, Toronto leads with 23 points. Montreal has 18 and are in second. Edmonton's got 18 and third. Then you have Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa. Uh, Vancouver with 12. And Ottawa with a measly 5. Ottawa 2-12-1. I thought they'd be bad. Not this bad. That is terrible. Boston leads the Mass Mutual East. They're 10-1-2 with 22 points. Followed by Philadelphia with 18 Washington with 15, the Islanders and Pittsburgh both with 13, the Rangers with 11, New Jersey with 10, and Buffalo with 10. Buffalo, predictably bad. Bad. 
At least it's a real bad draft that they might get the first overall pick in again, too. So. so sad. Tampa, unsurprisingly, leading the Discover Central 9-2-1 and with 19 points. But, surprisingly, Florida, their, their cross-state yeah, hey. rival, 8-1-2 uh, and two Good for with the 18 Panthers. points. Or, yeah. Vavrovsky, I think, still sucks, but good for the rest. Yeah. Columbus in third with 17. Carolina and Chicago following up both with 16. Dallas with 13. Nashville with 12. Dallas has, like, way fewer games. Yeah. Dallas has 11. They're, so they're catching up. Carolina has 11. Florida okay. has 11, but those were all, I suppose, COVID teams. Yeah. Um, Detroit, 3, 10, and 2. There you go for Detroit. And, hey, look at us. We're leading the Honda West with 18 points, 8, 4, and 2. <laughs> Vegas behind us. It's fine. It's not yeah. like any teams have had all of their games canceled. Yeah, it's not like we're leading Vegas by one point when they've played three less games. <laughs> Colorado with three less games, only behind us by three points. Yeah. And see, we're well ahead of Anaheim, right where Arizona, Minnesota, San Jose, LA. There so you there go. you go. We're fine. It's almost we're Thanksgiving, fine. so we'll know who's going to make the playoffs. Uh, we we mentioned last week that Armstrong's the GM of Team yeah. Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Drury named GM of uh, Team USA for the upcoming Olympics, which is interesting since he's only an assistant general manager. He's going to be assisted by John Van Van Beans, that guy, Van Beesbrook, and a team of hockey operations that includes nine current NHL GMs. Which are Kevin Adams, Keyvine, uh, Stan Bowman, Tom Fitzgerald, Jeff Gordon, Bill Guerin, Lou Lamorello, David Poyle, Don Waddell, and Bill Zito. So you're telling me I David Poyle. I know all Poyle, these people are American. Yeah, I don't Wow. <laughs> you're telling me David Poyle, Lou Lamorello, and Stan Bowman are going to have to crowd into a room and answer to freaking Chris Drury? I yes. Love I love it. Lou Lamorello's not going to be alive when the next Olympics get So here. this is Lou Lamorello's team then. Yeah. Because he's just yeah. in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, we're not doing that. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I'm going to drop you in the Brooklyn River. Matt Martin to this team. Well, Matt Martin's retired and Canadian. Do what I said, Chris. <laughs> or else. I'll slit your throat. Be consequences for your whole damn team. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. I mean, half the league has been decimated by COVID. So, Pretty um, standard. You know, it's a bit, bit of a shorter episode this week. Partially because, folks, I'm exhausted. Uh, and partially because I just don't feel like, I don't know, I don't have a lot of desire to dive deep into the blues until there's something worth diving deep into. It's a whole hour. From, people got most of an hour from us. You know, that's a normal podcast. We just don't usually shut up. Ian, anything in the, in the world you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, I'm just, so, I'm just so sorry, you know, that we've... This episode's so short. Please forgive us. Oh, people survive. Maybe oh, no, people will be shorter. angry. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be thrilled. I didn't have to listen to these people talk. They've tuned out let's right now. Let's take a question from the mailbag, folks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Are you looking up someone else's mailbag? <laughs> yeah. Dear Brittany, why did you do all those horrible things? <laughs> she was on drugs. Uh, what type of snow-related activity should the Seattle Kraken do tomorrow? Best snow-related activity is fucking staying inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious. That's so cold. I love snow, but I love looking at it from inside of my house. I went to school in Minnesota for four years, and I never owned a pair of boots. I bought boots down here in October, and I love them, and I can't believe for four 
fucking years I walked around in tennis shoes in like <laughs> eight feet of snow because I was a goddamn idiot. Uh, the one thing I we maybe brushed over it, Justin Falk, man, crazy. What can you say? I know, so good. I know we talked about it a little bit, but just wild. I mean, I think a lot of people thought, and we certainly thought that he'd be better this year. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that would be like steady better, not like not like uh, MVP of the team better. Like you said, it's fucking Kyrie right now, really. I mean, I know you got guys like Shannon O'Reilly playing well. It's not that they're not. It's just those guys stick out as big surprises and. You got We you have to have those guys contributing. We talked about defense needs to contribute on this team to be successful, mm-hmm. and Falk is. And then you, we talked about you have young young guys doing it too, and Kyra's doing just that. So, I mean, there's nothing more you can ask from them. Uh, I think, especially for Kyra, it's like you knew what Justin Falk was. You'd seen it. You just hoped he was going to be that here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you and I at least were like, ah, he'll he'll get there, and he has. Uh, with Cairo, it's like magic beans, or it's like, oh, we've seen how good he is in junior, but how is he going to be in the in the NHL in the past two seasons? You know, not full seasons. He's been all right, and now we're finally seeing um, all of his hard work come to fruition. And it's just like, wow, what's the what's the limit um, to how good this kid can be? Yeah, 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 absolutely. The one last thing this will get us to a solid hour. So we got to push it. We, if we don't get to an hour. Uh, we lose our sponsors. We're probably there at this point with themes and stuff. I'll just make it a real long yeah, just re- milk that. Yeah, just really make a meal out oh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have to talk about uh, Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, we kind of um, skipped past Connor this. Garland skating along the boards. Robert Bortuzzo. I've watched this give a lot of times. That is an intentional stick to the face, 100%. Someone has to and, ask him about that because I want to hear the fun response. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, was, you got to keep your head up, I guess. Looking, he's looking at him. He's got his hand up like he's going to catch him, and then he's just. I, Connor Garland, also the guy who's been our biggest, the biggest thorn in our side this whole series. Yeah. It's just like, how, I mean, Ryan Klo, isn't he the guy that did the. The played played the stick yes, played the yes. puck on the ice with his stick from the bench one time. He stopped um, the he pulled yeah he stole the puck <laughs> while on the bench. Not even like getting on or off the ice, just stood up. Three dimensional chest, and that was it. Um, yeah, I mean, it sure looks intentional to me. That's just uh, that's just I'm I'm gonna say that. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I think he gets a call from uh, the old uh, player discipline outlet what's the guy is it paris it's still paris. yeah it's still paris um and uh, probably has a little discussion with them that's my feeling of things oh yeah i mean i i can't imagine they look at that and think it's okay but also you know like if, let's be honest let's be homers for a moment which i guess isn't being honest but, <laughs> um if that happened to one of our guys they wouldn't have looked at it, it would have been tyler bozak all that's over right. again tyler bozak who's still not back for uh, having fallen awkwardly. Mm. The awkward fall is what got him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Terrible. Much like Butch and Sundance. <laughs> Folks, we're both exhausted. It's late. It's an hour. It's midnight. It's a Friday. We're you all old, are so demanding. Man. We're both older than Kyle Clifford, yeah. folks. Give us a break. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly turned 30 the yeah. other day, and I kind of wanted to just walk into traffic. <laughs> 
I was like, oh no, this man with this big old Ryan, glorious beard is younger than Ryan me. Ryan O'Reilly is the freaking face of Car Shield these days, although apparently also Ric Flair is. They straight up just paid for cameos for those. Yeah, guys, yeah, right? they just inserted them in there. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> My cameo you say, wants me to say something about Car Shield. a lot and then say this one sentence and then just insert random pauses so we can cut and. Cut and that paste. just that just sounds like Ric Flair's life. Well, that's true, <laughs> Can you just yeah. say random <laughs> stuff say and say woo, woo and lots say of pauses? <laughs> yeah, that is his whole life. So, oh. um, I'm sure he would have been much more charismatic in his heyday. But in that moment, Ryan O'Reilly was the most charismatic yeah, person well, in that commercial. He was once the Nature Boy, but now he's the Nature Septuagenarian, and that takes <laughs> oh, longer. Oh, you know, oh. so. And plus, you know, his daughter's a big deal now, and that's probably eating away at him inside. Uh, you know, because every parent wants the success for their kids, except for Ric Flair. He's a real bastard. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's great. But I am trying to milk the remaining 11 seconds so that we can get to a full hour. So I'll tell you this. If you have access to Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat matches, go watch them. Or don't. It's not mine to tell you. It's not mine. Your life isn't mine to live. And we're there. <laughs> so watch WandaVision. That's right. Uh, you I mean, I have that it, so but that you we should. Can, maybe we discuss it next week. I don't know. People want spoilies? They'll, we'll do our, we do our spoily warning. Spoily doilies. That's right. <laughs> so, until next time, uh, you know, enjoy the whatever reality you've chosen to live in. And we'll talk real soon. Get some sleep. Arizona. Arizona backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. We should go to Arizona and open up that imported leather shop that we've always talked about. Aren't you serious? There are far too many leather shops in Arizona as it is. You would be out of business in a week's time. Arizona has some natural beauty going for it, but that's about it. Among the negatives listed, the heat, the lack of water, SB 1070, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and Governor Jan Brewer. Now at 9, the profanity-laced write-up on Arizona paints a bleak picture of the state. All you can do is laugh at her. Doesn't anybody know how to pray? business in a week's time.